the Petaluma Radio Players. Like talking on And now, the Petaluma Radio Players, located just north of the Golden Gate Bridge in Northern California's Sonoma County, bring you another provocative radio drama from their home on www.kpca.fm. Our drama during this week's presentation will make you long for the days of your youth when you couldn't wait for the bell to ring and detention to be over, when your favourite subject was lunch, not math or biology, gym or poli-sci. After all, who needs gym and poli-sci when there were politics and somersaults aplenty in the teacher's lounge? At least at this high school. The Petaluma Radio Players present our first instalment from the 1950s classic Our Miss Brooks radio series. This episode, a plaque for Mr Conklin. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. By his own admission, Principal Osgood Conklin's astute leadership has molded Madison High into a streamlined machine which operates with the facile precision of a new car. But to our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High, it's just the same old jalopy. That's true. Mr. Conklin is the same old flat tire, and Mr. Boynton still needs his battery charged. But, apropos astute leadership, last Tuesday we solemnly and traditionally observed the birthday of Madison's beloved founder and first principal, Yodar Crisp, the only Madison High principal ever to be awarded a distinguished service plaque by the Board of Education. Of course, Mr. Conklin has long been bucking for a similar honor. But inasmuch as the board has ignored him for lo these many years, I was not prepared for the news with which my landlady, Mrs. Davis, pelted me at breakfast. Connie, I was just leaving the market a few minutes ago when I saw Osgood Conklin pulling up in his car. He was grinning from ear to ear. What happened? Did he run over a teacher? Oh, no, dear. Something wonderful happened to him. He caught pneumonia? I'm serious, Connie. Last night, he received a telegram from Mr. Stone, the head of the board, informing him that they decided to award him a plaque for distinguished service to Madison High. You're kidding. No, it's true. And was he proud? Why, when he showed me the telegram, his chest was all puffed up. Fine. Now it'll blend in neatly with the rest of his anatomy. How come you did your shopping so early this morning, Mrs. Davis? Well, I wanted to pick up some groceries for my sister Angela. A dreadful thing happened to her at the drugstore yesterday. Poor thing. Angela is the absent-minded one in the family, you know. What happened to her? Uh, what happened to who, dear? You started to tell me what happened at the drugstore to your sister Angela? She's the absent-minded one in your family? She certainly is. Well, I'll just get these dishes cleaned up. Mrs. Davis, something dreadful happened at the drugstore. When, Connie? In the spring of 48. What happened to Angela? Oh, her. She bumped her head on the pitball machine, and the blow caused amnesia. Amnesia? Couldn't even remember her own name. Well, when the druggist sent for the police, Angela became so hysterical, she called him some awful names, Connie. 
But realizing she had amnesia, he forgave her for that, of course. Well, that's fine. But what happened? Anyway, when her mind snapped back to normal, she felt terribly embarrassed. You know what a shy, sensitive, sweet old lady Angela is. Yes, I do. But what caused her mind to snap back to normal? She bumped her head again getting into the patrol wagon. That second blow on the head often cures amnesia, you know. I'm sorry, I asked. Oh, that's probably Walter Denton to drive you to school. I'll go whip up some breakfast for him, dear. All right, Mrs. Davis. Come in, Walter. Greetings, O Queen of Madison faculty. I bow to the teacher for whom I have not but the highest regard. And I bow to the student for whom I have not but the lowest marks. Sit down, Walter. Mrs. Davis is getting your breakfast. Ah, splendid, Miss Brooks. I happened to pass Mr. Conklin's house last night. Well, I didn't actually pass it. I dallied there just long enough to let the air out of his tires. Walter, how could you? Oh, it's easy. You just press the little valve down and... Call it retribution, Miss Brooks. Yesterday, I accidentally broke a window in Mr. Conklin's office, and it made him so mad he saddled me with a whole week's detention. So I decided to take out its value in trade, sort of, by playing a series of innocent little pranks on the old boy that are guaranteed to make his life utterly miserable. I'm afraid there's nothing you can do to pull Mr. Conklin out of the happy clouds today, Walter. Last night, he received a telegram from Mr. Stone informing him that the board has decided to award him a plaque for distinguished service. Oh, Mr. Stone didn't send that telegram. He didn't? Of course not. I did. You did? Yeah, I consider that little beauty my prize prank, Miss Brooks. I'm setting him up for an awful letdown, comprenez-vous? Me thinks all day he'll be madly awaiting that silly plaque, and when he doesn't get it, He'll belly drop. Now you've gone much too far, Walter. When Mr. Conklin discovers what you've done, it's my guess that you'll be expelled from school. So how's he going to find out? Well, every criminal overlooks one little detail, Walter, and you're no exception. When Mr. Conklin fails to receive the silly plaque, it's only natural he'll investigate. First of all, he'll call the telegraph office, and the whole truth will come out. Holy cow! I've created a Frankenstein! Gosh, if it should be expelled... What'll I say to my pop? Oh, you've got to help me, Miss Brooks. You wouldn't want to see me get the old heave-ho, would you? No, I wouldn't, Walter. But my sympathies are also with Mr. Conklin in this matter. When I think of his fondest dream blowing up in his silly face, his face, well, it's positively cruel. Hold it a second, Miss Brooks. Hold it. I got the old bean working. So I created a Frankenstein, okay? So now I've created a little scheme which, with your help, will slay the monster in his lair. What's the layout, Louie? Before school this morning, you will drop into Mr. Conklin's office and suddenly remind him of the case of the former Madison principal, Mr. Hargrove, who modestly declined the plaque from the board. Now, they deemed his gesture so noble that one year later they gave Mr. Hargrove not a little plaque, but a statue of himself which is now ensconced in our auditorium. In other words, you want me to convince Mr. Conklin that if he should decline the plaque, he'll set himself in line for a statue? Exactly. But Walter, he'll never get the statue. No, but he can dream, can't he? 
Walter, don't you realize that if I should stoop to such a deception, I'd be a traitor? Not only to Mr. Conklin, but to the school as well. So you won't cooperate, huh? Okay, I thought you were a friend, that's all. It's a desperate scheme, sure, but it's a desperate situation. You have your own problems, I guess. What happens to me doesn't really matter. Oh, now please, no tears. No, it's... I forgive you, Miss Brooks. If you want to let poor Mr. Conklin suffer to the point where my father will beat the living daylights out of me, that's perfectly okay. I'll be expelled. Okay, so what? You just can't help me. Oh, now please, Walter. After all, you can't be a traitor. Who can't? Dry your eyes and call me Benedict. Morning, Harriet. Oh, hi, Walter. Say, wasn't that Miss Brooks you just dropped off in front of school? Oh, yeah, she was in a hurry to get to your father's office. Oh, well, she'll certainly find him in a wonderful mood. Daddy got a telegram last night, Walter, and you'll never guess what it said. Hey, what do you bet? It was from Mr. Stone. The board has decided to give Daddy a plaque for distinguished service. Yeah, sure. Oh, Walter, look who's pulling up. Uh, Good morning, Denton. Mr. Stone, uh, are you going to see Mr. Conklin, sir? Uh, No time for that now. Just stopped by to say hello. And how are you, Harriet? Oh, I'm simply thrilled, Mr. Stone. Last night when Daddy received your telegram... Harriet! Telegram? From me? A telegram? Oh, oh well, perhaps my secretary sent it off without my knowledge after our meeting yesterday afternoon. It wasn't until after five o'clock that we arrived at the decision. The decision, Mr. Stone? Yes. The board has decided to give Mr. Conklin a plaque for distinguished service. Yikes! I'm glad you opened my eyes, Miss Brooks. If Mr. Stone thinks he could brush me off with a silly plaque, he's sadly mistaken. A statue. That's what I deserve. Oh, please, Mr. Conklin. I didn't mean to upset you. I'm grateful to you, my dear. What a fool I've been to think I've been sitting here in sheer ecstasy, mentally savoring that putrid plaque. I shall decline the plaque, of course, modestly and in a letter, as you have suggested. I'll get my personal stationery from my inner office, Miss Brooks. Excuse me one moment. Take your time, Mr. Conklin. Miss Brooks, I gotta talk to you. What is it, Walter? Belly drop again. Everything I said in that phony telegram turned out to be true. What? I just saw Mr. Stone and he told me the board has decided to give Mr. Conklin a plaque. But I've already talked Mr. Conklin into declining it. Then you're gonna have to reverse course and talk him into accepting it. I'll wait out in the hall for you, Miss Brooks. And good luck. I hear someone in here, Miss Brooks. You couldn't have. You're smiling. No, sir. If you heard the door slamming, it was just the wind. Now, if you'll excuse me... Hold on, hold on. You know, I was just thinking. I've given my all to this school. Five years of faithful service. Mr. Hargrove served less than half that time, and for that, he got a statue. Yes, and what an ugly monstrosity it is. It's no wonder the students park their messy chewing gum all over him. 
I think you might be happier with a plaque after all, Mr. Conklin. Nonsense, nonsense. I shall write the letter of declination as per your original suggestion, Miss Brooks. In it, I shall request a reply. You will wait for it. For reply? Signed and sealed by Mr. Stone himself. But, sir, why complicate matters? I have spoken. Go on, Miss Brooks. Yes, sir. Bye, Mr. Conklin. Well, Walter... It seems congratulations are in order. Congratulations? What do you mean, Miss Brooks? Remember that Frankenstein you created? He just had a baby. Well, there I was, Connie Brooks, bride of Frankenstein, star of Walter Denton's Pulitzer Prize-winning scheme entitled, I Gave You the Bag, Miss Brooks, Now Hold It. As I was about to leave my classroom at noon and head for Mr. Conklin's office... Something entitled, That's What I Want for Christmas, came in. Hi, Miss Brooks. Hello, Mr. Boynton. Are you busy? No. What's your best offer? Offer? Oh, skip it, Mr. Boynton. If you'll excuse me, I'll just run over to Mr. Conklin's office. Walter Denton is in trouble up to my neck. Uh, yes, I know. Walter confessed the entire story to me, hoping that I could come up with a solution. But I'm afraid that's not up to me, Miss Brooks. You're carrying the ball. It's not a ball. It's a bomb. Let's bounce it over to Mr. Conklin's office together, shall we? I'll be happy to tag along, if you don't mind. Oh, say, I met Mrs. Davis as she was heading for the school cafeteria. I promised to join her for lunch, in fact. Mrs. Davis is in the cafeteria? Well, yes. She said she just didn't feel like dining at home alone. When Mr. Conklin lets you go, Miss Brooks, uh, do you think you might join us? I don't know. I may join the Foreign Legion instead. I saw Mr. Conklin briefly at 11 o'clock, and he was practically throwing a fit because Mr. Hargrove received a statue from the board. Ingrates, he called them, particularly Mr. Stone. Really, I've never seen him so furious. Uh, well, that was at 11 o'clock, Miss Brooks. Maybe he's calmed down a little by now. Well, here's his office. I'll soon find out. Come in, if you dare. Yes, he has calmed down a little. Sorry, Mr. Boynton. Aha! Before you heave that inkwell, please observe that I have entered under a flag of truce. Let's dispense with the levity, shall we? Miss Brooks, instead of writing to Mr. Stone, I've decided to have a little chat with him. It's clear to me now that in view of my outstanding record, the board would have given me a statue long ago if Mr. Stone hadn't been working insidiously against me. Oh, you mustn't jump to conclusions, Mr. Conklin. After all, Mr. Stone is your superior, sir, and if you should flare up in his presence... Well, I see your point. Yes, yes, you're perfectly right. Self-control, that's the ticket... Osgood Conklin speaking. Hello, Osgood. This is Mr. Stone. Mr. Stone, eh? I've instructed a gentleman in our office to deliver your plaque, just as we arranged... Oh, for... pipe down, you ingrate! Mr. Conklin! What's that, Osgood? I said, this is Mr. Stone. Mrs. Stone, Mrs. Stone, Mrs. Stone, Mrs. Stone. I have to call you Mr. Stone. I bet you let that Mr. Hargrove call you Charlie. Rank discrimination. That's what this is. I've had just about enough of you. Goodbye, you. You, you, you fathead. 
Well, I guess I told him off, Miss Brooks. And there's absolutely nothing he can do about it except fire me. If he thinks I'm going to grovel at his... Fire me! I have a wife and a child! Look at what you made me do! To me? Yes, you! I was perfectly content with my plaque until you came in and steamed me up! Now Mr. Stone will have my job! My little family will starve! Holy Toledo! Look out the window! That man coming up the walk with the briefcase! The man Mr. Stone sent over with my plaque! Who wants a plaque or a statue? All I want is my job. And you got me in this. Now you get me out of this. I called Mr. Stone a fathead. It's possible he'll forgive you for that, sir. You know, Mrs. Davis' sister Angela, she called the druggist some terrible names, and he forgave her. Come to think of it, though, she had amnesia at the time. Amnesia? That's it? I didn't know what I was saying. I wasn't in my right mind. Oh, now, please, Mr. Conklin. It's the only way out. Hello. My name is Turner. Mr. Conklin, I presume? Mr. Conklin? Who's Mr. Conklin? Well, I... Run along, boy. I've got amnesia. Amnesia? Tell him, lady. Yes, sir. Mr. Turner, I'm Miss Brooks. Brooks? Brooks? Who's Brooks? I've been taking care of Mr. Conklin here, sir. The amnesia came on suddenly. An accident. Oh, I am sorry. Sorry? Who's sorry? Excuse me, folks. Will you have lunch with me, Daddy? Daddy? Who's Daddy? Daddy? Don't call me Daddy. I've never seen you before in my life. Uh, But Daddy... Daddy? Who's Daddy? Don't look at me. I'm not Daddy. What's wrong with Daddy, Miss Brooks? Brooks? Who's Miss Brooks? Oh, I am. Sorry, Harriet. Your daddy has received a blow on the head. Yes, he has amnesia, child. Amnesia? Amnesia? Who's amnesia? If you'll allow me to use the phone, Miss Brooks, I'll inform the authorities. They've already been informed. They're picking daddy up in an hour. Oh, no! Harriet, later on I will explain how everything happened. Now you go have lunch and don't worry. All right, Miss Brooks. Goodbye, daddy. Oh, oh, poor Daddy. You can just leave the plaque here, Mr. Turner. You needn't take it back to the board. I don't know anything about any board. I just came in here to sell a few brushes. Brushes? Get out, you poop! Boy, this guy is wacky, all right. You bet I'll get out. Well, sorry, Mr. Conklin. I think I'll toddle off to lunch now. Not so fast. To be perfectly candid with you, Miss Brooks, I wasn't too fond of this amnesia bit. Didn't sound too convincing to me. Nor to me. Then I advise you to get the old brain working on a totally different scheme to clear me with Mr. Stone. Something clever. Ah, but sir... Think! Think! Dream up some nice, dirty, juicy plot. Remember, I hold you responsible for my present plight, so if I'm booted out of this school, I'll take you with me. That's the dirtiest, juiciest plot I ever heard. He didn't even recognize me. Me, his own daughter. My goodness. You poor kid. Don't cry, Harriet. It was a blow on the head. Miss Brooks said the authorities are going to pick him up in an hour. They're going to take Daddy away. Oh, it'll not only ruin his life, but mine and Mother's as well. Oh, gosh, if there were anything we could possibly do to restore his memory, you could certainly depend on us, Harriet. 
but we're powerless. Wait, I have it. Why not give Mr. Conklin another blow on the head? That's what cured my sister Angela's amnesia. Say, I've heard about that in medical books, Harriet. If a person is stricken with amnesia due to a blow on the head, a second blow does sometimes restore his memory. Yeah, and you don't have to wait an hour. It's instantaneous, as soon as he gets whacked. It's particularly effective if the blow is delivered by surprise. Oh, but I wouldn't want anyone to hit Daddy. It's a blow that may mean the happiness of your entire family, child. Now, you must be brave. Would you like to give it to him with my umbrella, Mr. Boynton? It has a mahogany handle. Uh, you'd better leave me out of it, Mrs. Davis. I'm too strong for the job. Let Walter do it. No, not me. It's impolite for a student to belt one's own principal. It doesn't have to be impolite, Walter. When Mr. Conklin opens the door, just say, forgive me, sir, and then belt him. <laughs> Please, Harriet, if there's one thing that breaks me up, it's the crying of a female. I'm the same way. It just tears the heart out of me. You haven't the courage to help poor Daddy. Neither one of you. <laughs> yeah, well, if you folks will excuse me, I I want to go upstairs and kind of think a little. Uh, guess I'll take a stroll over to the gym and maybe uh, think a little. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. So long. Men, you just can't depend on them. Well, you just dry your tears, Harriet. I'll think of something. Now, let me think. Think, Miss Brooks. I'm trying to, sir. How's this? You go home, and I'll wait here in your office. Now. When Mr. Stone arrives, I'll tell him you haven't been in all day and that the person who called him those nasty names on the phone must have been a prankster imitating your voice. What an idea! I wasn't even here! An imposter impersonating me! Splendid, splendid! I'll get out of here before... Look! The window! Mr. Stone's coming up the walk! Holy cow, if I tried to make a run for it now, he'd see me in the hall! I can't go out the door, I can't go out the window, what'll I do? Well, it's a little early for the chimney, Santa. You're trapped. My family's at stake! He mustn't see me here! Wait, I've got it! A daring scheme. Oh, no. No more schemes, please. He won't see me. He can't see me. Not if I render him unconscious with a quick, painless whack on the noggin. What? Slug the head of the board? The moment he walks through that door. You've lost all sense of reason, Mr. Conklin. When one's hysteria carries him to the point of no... Stand back and be quiet. Shh. One quick blow and it's all over. Husband, what's the meaning of all this... You knocked him out! Cold! Oh, I've got to revive him. Wake up, sir. Wake up, Mr. Conklin. Wake up. Stand back, Mr. Stone. Maybe if I slap his face a bit. Mr. Conklin. Mr. Conklin. Why, that maniac was throwing an uppercut at me. I had to defend myself. No. Oh, he seems to be regaining consciousness. <laughs> oh. What happened? One quick blow and it was all over, Mr. Conklin. On your feet. You've got some tall explaining to do, Osgood. Osgood news, Osgood. 
Oh, oh, Mr. Stone. Mr. Stone! <laughs> I was hoping you'd drop in, sir. How I missed you. He didn't miss you, Daddy. I, I seem to be missing a tooth. Osgood, why did you take a swing at me as I entered this office? Me, sir? <laughs> You're mistaken, Mr. Stone. May I be struck by lightning if I... It's the door. I'll get it. I'll get it. Forgive me, sir. Oh. oh, no. Wake up, Mr. Conklin. Mr. Conklin, wake up, sir. Denton, are you in the habit of knocking out your principal? No, sir. This is my lucky day. What? Uh, what happened? You were struck by 16-year-old lightning. Good heavens. I seem to be missing Another you. blow, another tooth. That's life, Mr. Conklin. What in the world is going on around here? That's the door. I'll get it. Forgive me, Osgood. Oh, oh Mrs. Davis, you knocked him out. See, it has a mahogany handle. Wake up, Mr. Conklin. Wake up, sir. <laughs> what? What happened? You've now lost four teeth, sir. Would you like to try for eight? I demand an explanation, Osgood. I can't talk now. I'm a sick man. I'm very weak. Goodbye, all. I'm going home. Forgive me, sir. Wake up. Wake up, Mr. Boynton. Wake up. At least I got in one good lick. Oh, Miss Brooks. What happened? Don't look now, Mr. Boynton, but all you want for Christmas is your two front teeth. This has been the Petaluma Radio Players production of Our Miss Brooks, starring Kendra Murray as Miss Connie Brooks, Linda Jay as Mrs. Davis, Ben Kaplan as Walter Denton, Vivian Schaffbuck as Harriet Conklin, Tom Wilson as Mr. Stone, Christopher Rodriguez as Mr. Osgood Conklin, Steve Lubliner as Mr. Philip Boynton, and Dave Murphy as Mr. Turner. Recording engineer, Ralph Scott, directed by Joe Peer. Post-production, John Beale. Produced by Ralph Scott. Associate producer, Kendra Murray. Copyright 2018. The Petaluma Radio Players. We're on the web at PetalumaRadioPlayers.com. I'm your announcer, Cheryl Halling. We, as a troupe, lost someone this week, and we would like to dedicate this performance to a former Petaluma Radio player named Jan Elfman. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you have enjoyed this presentation. Please join us on Sundays at 6pm Pacific, www.kpca.fm. The Petaluma Radio Players. Like talking on air.